this this whole conversation reminds me of something and and it, it's been something that i've heard talked about and and um you know you want to get posh not going and he just hasn't really been going in this series and some of it's puck luck some of it's i don't know being on all these different line combinations um but what do you guys think of Pasternak just in the series and has he been set up for success or do you see areas where it's just like why aren't they utilizing him this way or why is it is it on him is it on the lines is it on just not getting that bounce sometimes I think it's a hundred percent on the player I think I've I've been I've been very disappointed in him in this series and it sucks because the narrative going into the playoffs by a lot of talking heads and a lot of people who just love to hate is bashing him because, you know, can he do it when when the playoffs matter and people falsely say he's not but he hasn't been a playoff player. That's not true. Going into this year, Pasternak has very much been a point per game guy, if not better, throughout his career in the playoffs. So he's done it before, but the whole narrative of Oh, he's soft, and he and he'll go invisible when when player when teams check him harder and game plan for him. I've I've never felt that that has been accurate, but I but I did caution the three of us heading into this into the series into these playoffs that 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 life's going to change for him in the postseason. It's not going to be it's not going to be easy for him. He's not going to be getting these highlight real goals and these breakaway goals, these one timer goals because you're the playoffs amplifies teams are game planning for you, all these things. So while I never co-signed on him being soft in the postseason, I did, I did coast. Like I knew it was going to be tougher for him. And I, that's why I said it's so important for him to find a way to elevate his game and match that intensity. So he can carry that game from the playoffs, to the, from the regular season to the playoffs. And the fact of the matter is guys, I don't care what line you're on. I don't care what you're, what you're dealing with. Like, when you go out there and score 62 goals, expectations are going to be sky high. And that's because you place them that way. And you cannot just be a guy out there, an ordinary guy with 62 goals, with a 62 goal season. And and it's not like he's dominating out there and just is snake bitten. He's he really is, for the most part, he's just a guy out there. He's invisible. He's not, he's not, he's not. He's not making Florida like Florida is very much looking for him every time he's on the ice and, and they're covering him like white on rice. I get that. But he's turning the puck over, which is something that he's been doing all year. He's and on the power play. It's like he's supposed to be one of the biggest threats in the league on the power play to score. And it just seems like the puck dies on a stick. He'll just blindly just turn. Bridget, you talked about Bertuzzi with the blind passes and the turnovers, which is true. Pasternak does it on the power play constantly and it, right into the slot and they just ice the puck. And it just it kills the power play. And one of you guys mentioned how, yeah, they scored a couple power play goals, but boy, do they have some really bad power plays outside of those goals that killed momentum for them. And of course, at the end of the game, they had a chance to. And and he like he he Bergeron got kicked out of a faceoff. Pashnak goes in there and you know barely even attempts to win the draw. Gets a puck on a stick right to the slot down the ice. Okay, now we're going to overtime and. I know that's a specific example, but Bridget, just to answer your question and to throw it back to Scott, I've, I've been, it's been glaring how he, how ineffective he's been. Yes, he has the two goals, but he also is like eighth or ninth in the team in scoring right now in the playoffs. And the the uh, the battle level t- for my liking just hasn't really been there to where it needs to be. And you watch somebody like Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton 
and he'll get in there and get nasty and, 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 and do his thing. I think Pasternak's too nice out there sometimes. And I know he's a 62 goal scorer and I'm not going to tell him how to play hockey, but when you've done that, you have to, you have to be somewhat that guy in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. That, so I dug into some of the numbers this morning um, and posted them on WEI in my article. Uh, by the way, apologize if anyone hears the train horn, Charlie McAvoy's coming through. So, yeah. uh, uh, but because <laughs> my, my gut on Pasenak was like, I, I disagree a little bit with the idea that he's been invisible. I actually think he's been a little, the first two games, that line was awful at five on five. And we talked about that and Krejci was a big part of it. He was really struggling and now hasn't played since. Um, I think he's been better. I'm not going to say great. I think he's been better at five on five and some of the numbers back that up. His like when I looked at it, cause I wanted to find, all right, what's been different this series versus regular season aside from the goals and points. His five and five numbers in terms of like shots, scoring chances, expected goals, like, you know, the rates of all that pretty much in line with his regular season shooting percentages down, which that goes into the, all right. Part of that is, you know, you got to work harder to finish. Part of it's also maybe just some bad luck. And, you know, Jim Montgomery, maybe this is just trying to build a player up, but he kind of chugged up to bad luck after the game said, you know, they'll start to go in. He's too good for it not to. He actually, you know, praised his hard work, thought he won some battles, which last night in particular, I would agree with. I, I actually thought whatever line he was on tended to be pretty good last night and, and was getting zone time and creating chances. Um, the two goals against that he was out there for, not his fault. One was the Bertuzzi turnover and one was the Elmark turnover in overtime. Um, but that didn't that start with Pasta accidentally clearing it the length of the ice the wrong way? Was it Pasenak or Martian? I thought it was Martian that made the pass back. I have to double check. Um, yeah. But where like where the numbers are way different and where I suspected they would be is the power play, which, oh, and by the way, five and five, his turnover rate down from regular season. So that's good. On the power play, way up. Turnover rate, way up. Shots, scoring chances, all that way down. And I look at that and I'm like, Okay, well, the power play is still over 30% for the series, so they've been able to score without Pasenak getting a ton of shots. So I would say don't start force-feeding the puck just to try to get Pasenak going. Like, if if other guys are the ones scoring and getting chances, then keep doing that. What I worry about is it feels like Pasenak is, because he's not getting as many chances, is trying to force more when the puck does get to his stick. And I think that's why you see those turnovers and why you see some of those sloppy passes and you see him trying to get through multiple defenders on entries instead of making simple plays, just dishing to a teammate or chipping it in and going to get it with speed. And like to me, that's like the number one thing I want to see change is like stop forcing on the power play. If his role in the power play has to be facilitator or even decoy because teams are you know, shading him or even almost doubling him, then so be it. Like the other guys are scoring on the power play right now. So he doesn't have to force it. And I kind of feel like he has been. Um, and that's, so that would be my biggest concern that the five and five stuff, I think 
I think something will come back. Like, yeah, yeah, he can be better there, but he's getting chances. His line's getting chances. They're not going in. I tend to believe that over time that changes. Like more chances will start to go in. So not as worried about the five on five. I like that he's not turning the puck over as much there. Power play though, he kind of kind of looks like a mess, and it's almost like he's getting frustrated that he's not scoring, even though the team still is. And that's why I think you see some of these sloppy power plays where, you know, he's kind of at the center of some bad plays. Um, you know, so I think he, I think if he can be more selfless in the sense of not trying to get his, like eventually he will get his, you know, if, if the Bruins are moving the puck well and other guys are getting chances, eventually teams are not going to be able to shade him as much. So then he'll open up. Like that's kind of the, the natural order of things is, you know, a good power play takes what's being given to them. Um, and I feel like Parsonak's not really doing that right now. I, I just double checked and went back and it was Marshawn that made that pass that didn't connect with anyone. And then that's how come Allmark was out playing it behind his net. But um, that play happened so fast in real time and <laughs> I thought it was pasta. So I, I packed all my stuff up and I ran downstairs because I knew it was going to be like two seconds. Like it, there was no celebrating after that game. Montgomery was going to be at the stand immediately. So anyway, um, in in terms of pasta, a, a few more things because we can transition into something else that I'm thinking of that's related. But um, he, I think I'm like in between you guys maybe a little bit. Like he hasn't been nearly as effective as you would expect or need him to be. Um, like, like you mentioned, when you see how far down he is on like Bruin scoring, you, you're probably a little bit surprised. And I think at times he was, I mean, he was not nearly the most noticeable player on the ice and you want him to be one of those guys for you. So he did at times disappear, I think. Um, and at least in a way that wasn't like, okay, He's just kind of out there. And and sometimes it's Bertuzzi that's more noticeable on the ice. And um, just he definitely has another gear. Um, and teams should be afraid when it starts to look like he's hitting that gear. But he's not quite there yet. And that brings me to, like, the next question, which is if Krejci's back in the lineup, is that something that could – kickstart that maybe for him. I mean, he's somebody that has been playing. That's been the the natural spot for him all season, right? The check line has been the line he's played on the most. Um, do you think that factors in if Krejci were to come back um, and get Zaka, Krejci and Pasternak back together, that that just gives him a little bit more familiarity or, or you know, just a nudge in the right direction because Krejci's a good playmaker. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would do that. I feel like, and and just I, I guess just like one one last thing I would just say about that that conversation a minute ago, like Scott, like I hear everything you said, and 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 I get that, but at the, I guess at the end of the day, and I, I don't make the, mean to make this black and white, but like he has to, he has to score for them, like he he has to be a finisher. That's what he's paid to do. That's what he's the best at in the world, second to Connor McDavid, apparently. Like it's just. A couple like like scoring chances going up a little bit at five on five or being at least what they were in the regular season alone when he's doing what he's been doing on the power play and like it just has to, it has to be better he has to execute 
it's just it's just the nature of the business that they're in. Um, yeah, and I I do think some like some of that from the finishing perspective too is like his shot has just been a little off. Like he's had some good looks where he's missed the net or put it right in the goalie's gut, and it's like you know that's the kind of thing that you know maybe that changes with confidence. Maybe you see one and and you know you get going, but he has definitely like missed a couple good chances where you're like uh, like you usually expect him to bury that, and it's just been a little off. Yeah, it's like if this ge- if this series goes seven, it's just it just seems like well, how did how what did Pasternak do through six games? And if it stays two points, it's like well, that's probably a big reason why it's going seven. Uh, Bridget, great question. I, I think I think that personally, I think um, games one and two, I was I was honestly surprised to see Krejci. Well, I guess I wasn't because Bergeron was out, so they needed Zaka to, to step up. But yes, I didn't like Krejci with Pasternak when they were with Bertuzzi. But to your point, the check line was great all year that they were together. And I think that if Krejci comes back, I think you should do Krejci, Zaka, and Pasternak. I think that they've been really good all year. I Oddly enough, I feel like Pasternak needs Zaka in a way. Like, like he, like he, I feel like Zaka like, and, and Pasternak have great chemistry, and he plays at the speed at which Pasternak can play with. And Krejci just does – he does fit well on that line. So – if if Krejci's back for Game Six, I would absolutely go back to really, aside from that third line, which will have to be tinkered with. But I would say if Krejci's back in the lineup, just go back to everything that kind of got you to where you were before all those injuries started to pile up in February. I would say so. I would do Bergeron, Marchand, and Nebraska. I would do the check line. You'd have to get creative with that third line. I would imagine. I would imagine the combo we've never seen that we always talk about with Hall. Coyle and Bertuzzi, and then maybe Fred. I don't know. I, I, it's tough. That bottom six, we've never seen it fully healthy with their with their whole arsenal of players. But I definitely that top six. I would, I would definitely go back to that top six. Isn't it crazy that there hasn't yet been a game in this series where the Bruins have had all their centers, like all of their centers healthy? So then you can't put those pieces into place. Yeah, and on Krejci, like. I guess if he comes back, he, I, I want to make sure he is as close to fully healthy as possible because he can't come back and look the way that he did in games one and two. Like that, that crazy doesn't help you. Like, honestly, he was probably hurting them more than helping in those games. So, you know, hopefully you take the same approach as you did with Bergeron, which is they, they didn't rush it. Like whatever it was he was dealing with, they let it heal and he looked pretty good in his first game back. And presumably, you know, if as long as he doesn't re-injure or re-aggravate or whatever, we'll continue to look even better. Um, I want them to like, make sure that they do the same thing with Krejci where, you know, don't, okay. Hey, we just lost. Like don't panic and get him back in. If he's going to be 65% because, you the lineup they had last night is good enough to win. Like you should be able to beat the Panthers with that lineup. So I don't want to force Krejci back in until he's really ready and healthy enough to be effective because he was not effective in games one and two. So like I I don't want him to just get back to that point where okay, he can play, he can go out there, but is he actually doing anything? Um, you know, so I I, I kind of have my doubts as to whether he's gonna play in game six. But he has been skating on his own the last couple of days. So he's been on the ice. Um, Wednesday, 
Tuesday, he really wasn't doing a whole lot of shooting, which, you know, maybe that suggests it's something we know it's upper body, but maybe it's something arm related or shoulder hand, like, you know, it could be something that would affect his shooting um, or handwork in general. Uh, Wednesday, he was doing a little bit more of that. So I guess that's, you know, a step in the right direction. So we'll see. But if he's going to be like way less than, you know, even 90%, then I'm not, I'm not forcing it. Mm. No, because he's already, you know, we've not, not to be mean, but he's one of the older players on the team. So he's already a little bit um, behind some of the, say, Kachucks of the world and that are out there playing at just such a crazy um, pace um, and also playing very physical. <laughs> so uh, they're able to throw you off your game a little bit easier if you're only at 90% or so um, or less. Um, and it's been cryptic with Krejci. Once again, this is going to be something that's going to be a game time decision um, once again. And um, not sure we'll really know until puck drop because that last game or the, the first game that he was taken uh, that he didn't play, he actually took warmups. And um, then all of a sudden it was like, he's not in, um, which they knew he wasn't going to be in. But to us, like we're like seeing him out there and we're not thinking anything of it. But now um, we'll probably wait until actual puck drop to uh, be sure. I guess you could say um, Bergeron, they said the same thing about him, though. I had the suspicion that if he took warmups for game five, he was going to play. Um, and he had also practiced in those lines, the horrible lines that we can we just forget about those and throw those out. Um, yeah, we can if Montgomery does. If he puts <laughs> on again next game, I, we got to keep I'm looking at him. I'm talking to you, Jim. 